For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Thinking.com Nori City podcast, brought to you in a very special location, uh, which if you're watching on video, you'll be able to see. If you're listening on audio, we'll try and set the scene for you. We are in uh, Rommenberg in Frankfurt. I think that's what it's called, and I haven't uh, butchered the pronunciation of that. Obviously, following Nori City's pre-season tour, it's the centre of Frankfurt. It's a very nice location. Just to our right, there's a grand building that is hosting a wedding. We've had someone playing a violin in the background as we were kind of setting up. Uh, we're sat in a bar called Hey. Henning, Henninger, Henninger, I'm going with. My, my German's very ropey, to say the least, uh, and it's just fizzy orange in these cups. So uh, fully in, in work mode. I'm kind of Southwell. Um, to my left is Paddy Davitt, and uh, on my right, the star of the Cuban Baller YouTube channel, Mr. Adam Harvey. Uh, and we've uh, obviously <laughs> come back from, from Darmstadt yesterday watching Norwich City's pre-season friendly win over Darmstadt. Um, uh, it was Marcelino Nunez's goal. The difference in that one. Um, Paddy, let's start with you. Have you ever recorded a Pinkin podcast in a location such as such as this? Lovely day for it as well. I mean, I'm hoping we're not going to get sunburnt over the course of the next 50 minutes it's or so. It's a distinct possibility, Connor, yeah. I was hoping we could literally just out the shot there, get the bride and groom in. But, um, it's a bold suit he's wearing, isn't it? Yeah, he's gone full Gaza there, full Gaza and a bit more. But uh, congratulations, whoever they are. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll beckon them over. I'm sure they know full well what the Pinkin's all about or not. But... Uh, as the, as the clock chimes, there's a joke to be made there. One o'clock here, German time. And, uh, no, this is, this, is, this is nice. But it's all work, you know, don't anybody be under the illusion that we're, we're lounging about, you know. It's been, as always with these trips, what you don't see underneath the surface is quite a lot of logistics and travel. And we probably need the violinist to play that mournful tune yeah, there because yeah, uh, yeah. we need the sympathy. But, no, on a serious note... Uh, it's a good, good day to be alive and um, yeah, and obviously reflects on a overall quite a positive outing for Norwich at Darmstadt, which is the reason we're here. Yes, absolutely. If I move just out of the way, you might be able to see some really nice buildings behind us, which are what I described as very German looking <laughs> in my, in my uh, cultural efforts. And uh, don't worry, we'll make, we'll make time for food and all of the other various stuff as a, a lorry goes past. This is what we want in terms of live action. Keeping it real. Keeping it real, exactly. That's going to that's gonna absolutely ruin the shot, but never mind. Adam? Cuban baller outing. How do you feel about that? I mean, has, has, has your stake ever been higher, do you think, in, in terms of, uh, of that appearance? Yeah, I think that's probably one of the highlights of my media career so far. Um, obviously, I was on camera duty, photography duty last night. Uh, that's a, a new string to the bow. Uh, quite enjoyed it, actually, you know, being up close to the action. I was in sort of near the away end where the away fans were, were housed yesterday evening and all the players came across and I saw on L with his red phone which is uh, I think anyone who's been watching this channel is quite familiar with and I thought hang on he's filming here and it's just as I was you know <laughs> firing my camera away there he was uh, and I got in the shot and uh, yeah watched it this morning and I think I've been plugging it a little bit everywhere to some of my friends like go and go and check out on L's channel there I am and uh, yeah it was, uh, that was a, a nice little moment for me I think being up close to on L and his uh, 
his famous YouTube channel. What I, what I enjoyed in particular is there's one frame where it looks like he's taking a selfie with you, which is uh, which which is excellent. But go go and see if you can spot that in his in his latest vlog, which are very interesting actually for a footballer to to, to do. And actually, um, I can just see to our right. I mean, we mentioned the wedding. The groom is is just sort of stood around the side if, to paint we, a picture we, we of better, his. Yeah, we better, to paint a picture say, of his suit. I mean, if you if you imagine Adam's shirt but replicated all over with a bow tie, that's basically what he's gone for, which is some some slightly effort. pretty much that colour, ivory. But a bit. we might get in the wedding party here, Adam. There we go, yeah. I'll happily join in as there's some uh, free food and certain beverages that maybe aren't alcoholic. <laughs> um, Paddy, what have you made of, of, of Germany so far? I mean, you've been here on a fair few Norwich City trips in, in, in recent years. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to, to Frankfurt or if you've been to Frankfurt before. What are your experiences of the city so far from what we've experienced in it? Um, you could put me on the spot there, Connor, because I think we've There's all... locals around, so you've got to be nice. Yeah, that as well. Yeah, No, I mean, this is... This is beautiful, isn't it? This is, and as you can see, I'd imagine a lot of these people behind us are tourists. There's a lot of camera phones, unless they heard you two here. Maybe that's probably why the camera <laughs> phones are out. But uh, and there's some really nice areas from what we've explored. But um, you know, like any big city, one or two other areas. You know, think London, for example. As I said, you know, there's probably some nice parts and not so nice parts. You know, a um, little bit of inequality around. But uh, you know, that's probably any major city in Europe isn't it so um, but no it's perfect for us basically we're based here because we can very close to the main train station at Frankfurt and demonstrated yesterday we, we jumped on uh, to get to Darmstadt and that was a 25 minute train ride and um, very easy the other side 10 minute walk 15 minute walk to the stadium um, and then Kaiserslautern similarly on Saturday is about an hour from here south so um, uh, yeah it's it, logistically it's, this works for us I think obviously the club and the players and staff are basing themselves in Darmstadt but apparently moving down after tomorrow's open training session down to Kaiserslautern area train there tomorrow night play Saturday and then fly back to the UK so yeah no it's yeah I mean this this is beautiful yeah I'd, I'd struggle to think of anywhere nicer I've been to in sort of German Austria area but uh, yeah as a city yeah I'd I'd probably recommend anybody who's not, not been before it's definitely worth a visit there certainly seems to be lots to do and um, any box you want ticking I see there's lots of culture and went past the Opera House the other day didn't we and to counterbalance that we might have found the uh, the English pub in uh, Frankfurt well, I was well. going to ask you about the Irish but, bar that we found the Irish bar uh, well the Irish bar yeah yeah that was that's, the, that's a favourite of yours right well only because of the air conditioning element <laughs> in, in the bar which but I was just thinking the English bar but I did want to put the insert the caveat we only went in for another round of orange you're making us sound very suspicious by keeping well I'd, you know I'd, I'd, I'd certainly wouldn't want to leave any <laughs> as somebody said to me on the team news yesterday it looked like i'd had too many steins i don't know where, where on earth i wasn't slurring my words or anything was i but uh no more than usual, no more than usual. maybe no more coherent than usual but uh <laughs> yeah of course there's a little bit of downtime on these trips but um but primarily you know we're out here to try and as we do at home, you know, home or away, try and get as close as we can and, and bring the thoughts and the sort of action as it unfolds back to the fan base. So um, I think the stream was all right last night, wasn't it, by all accounts? So uh, I'm sure a lot of people watched the game, but, uh, you know, we can add a bit of the context around it, really. And um, I think overall, to get back to the football, uh, it was uh, quite a positive episode, really. But... At the back of my head, you know, Darmstadt, that was their first pre-season friendly. They don't start their Bundesliga season until August the 18th. So they are quite a step or two behind on terms of fitness. And I thought that was evident as the game developed. But on the Norwich side, you know, there was, I thought, 
um, footballing wise rather than fitness wise there was those things to get optimistic about but you know small step though it is we need to see a little bit more and Kaiser Slaughter will be the next one on Saturday but overall and David himself Wagner said when we spoke to him after the game you know he loved a lot of what he saw from his team last night and um, and I, I would tend to agree I thought I thought there was some very positive individually and collectively uh, performances to get stuck into yeah absolutely it was it was a, a 1-0 win last night Darmstadt again like you said it was the first pre-season friendly of the summer I think it's the only one that they're going to be playing at home um, this summer by all accounts they play Liverpool later on but they play that in Preston uh, at Deepdale, so that's 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 an interesting one. I think they've sold around 600, 700 tickets for that, uh, as well as some some sort of local training camps that they're embarking on. Uh, obviously, they're they're preparing for a Bundesliga season, having won promotion from the Bundesliga two last season. So that's a, a, an interesting challenge that Norwich City had, and it's interesting, Adam, because David Wagner spoke about needing to come here really to to up the quality of their opposition. It wasn't something that he felt they could do in England at, at this point, and maybe that's kind of documented again without being disrespectful to the to the two teams that they played last week, which were primarily fitness exercises. It feels like we've come here. I spoke to Kenny McLean after the game and he spoke about perhaps the work they've done out of possession and, and looking solid against the ball. Feels like maybe the shift is kind of that, that switch has been kind of flicked now and it feels like there's a lot more emphasis on the football since we've come out here. Yeah, you can sort of I'll see the sort of similarities between Norwich and Darmstadt in terms of ability on the pitch. Of course, Christoph Zimmerman playing at the back for Darmstadt, former Norwich City player. So you can sort of see the parallels between the two sides. But I did feel like Norwich, you know, well, throughout the game quite quite heavily, were probably the more dominant side and deserved of the uh, victory they got. And there were some real glimpses of quality from certain players. Of course, Nunes with the intricate finish that um, was similar to Sargent's goal uh, against Watford, but uh, from much closer range and. Really impressed again with Jack Stacey. Another really, you know, well, positive performance going forwards. Um, maybe limited in terms of the defensive uh, side of the game yesterday. Nobody really got at him, but certainly lots of uh, promising signs there. But yeah, I think you know it's, it's another good test, and, and I think Kaiser Slatten will be another really good test as well on, on Saturday. And then you kind of then got the likes of Alkmaar and Olympiakos, which are maybe another step up from Darmstadt and Kaiser Slatten. So it's certainly feeling like Norwich are sort of on a trajectory now of stepping up the opponents, and we'll start to maybe get more of a feeling of where Norwich are at and, and what next season is maybe going to bring. That's the, the key question, Paddy, isn't it? Where, where do you think Norwich City are at? Are you seeing the improvement that maybe you want to see? It's interesting, and I spoke about this a little bit on my verdict last night. They were doing a few things differently. They were building up slightly differently. They were against the ball. They looked a lot more solid. They, they, they did feel last night in particular that there was maybe improvement or maybe a, a closer... Um, don't know the word, but they look closer to what maybe we'd expect a David Wagner team to, to look like. Is Where are you kind of at with Norwich City at the moment? Yeah, I'd accept that. Um, certainly out of possession, but, it, but I always think with these pre-season or not, you know, there, there's certain teams and how they go about it that maybe suits the eye better in terms of where Wagner is. And I think Darmstadt played into their hands to a degree. It was very slow, very lateral, laboured, build-up play. I, I'm assuming that's how they like to, to progress through the thirds. But um, for Norwich, it was very easy, just a 4-4-2 block out of possession and then you know, counter with, with the speed that David wants in wide areas and the rotations and um, and we did see that. Um, Hello, the bride's turning up. The bride, yeah, who's looking resplendent in a, in a wide dress. I feel like we're sort of invited now, you know. Is that is that allowed? You just kiss the groom. I thought that had to happen after the ceremony, but anyway, maybe they I'm do it slightly, slightly, differently, slightly differently. Anyway, anyway I'm get, we're getting distracted, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, well. yeah, Sorry. yeah, go no. On, leap, on, uh, but overall, it was as I say, you know, to repeat what I said uh, in your opening statement, uh, um, you'd, you'd have to feel that 
even with the mitigation where Darmstadt are, and maybe it was a, a team who were set up in a way that allowed a Wagner style to to um, counteract that fairly easily, and they won't have it clearly that way. Maybe when they get back to the championship grind and teams will be far more aggressive and how they want to press. And, and Darmstadt tried to do that in the outset of the game, I thought, but um, but Norwich were just better. They got the ball forward quicker. And um, and as Adam rightly said, you know, the standouts for me were Stacey, um, Nunes in, in terms of what he offered in an attacking sense. Uh, and I actually like Duffy's performance again as well. Just very understated, but as David said after the game, he said, look, he's a proper man. Uh, and I think he means that... Um, you know, physically, mentally, he's up for the challenge and he won't shirk, as Barnes won't. And that was visibly demonstrated in that uh, flashpoint at the end of the game. Um, and that's what it was about, wasn't it? Addressing that mentality deficit for, for David in the first wave of the transfers. And and that's all well and good. But I think beyond that, you know, with a Stacey, with a Duffy, with a Barnes, you can see the quality is, is a step up maybe from where it had been in, in those areas in the Norwich squad last season. And, and that has to be a good thing. While, you know, as we all know, it's not the end of the business and we'll probably get onto that in due course. But uh, I think you have to, if you're a Norwich fan, you have to be encouraged by those three players particularly. Um, and of course, you know, as David said, don't forget John Rowe. He's like a new player to him. Puerto, a new player to him. Jolis, you look at the shape he's come back in. Um, David almost feels that while they were in the building, they're almost you're adding again, and there's a freshness to, to the squad. And um, yeah, I, and I like I like the the softer elements where you you know you see when they are under pressure and they're making blocks and in their post and they're you know they're high fiving and they're hugging you know that collective and it, it's easy to dis disregard that. But but those elements are important in building that sense of a a, a team spirit and and a, you know we'll fight for each other and we'll put our bodies on the line for each other and you know that obviously needs to happen when it really matters when there's points on on the line but uh but they are there are good signs there's no doubt about it i spoke to i won't name who it was but we spoke to somebody before the game in the club um and they were saying yeah it feels that those new players have added a, a different vibe there's a different mood around the place nice as pelic we've heard about how the, the spanish coach that they brought in from huddersfield how he's really added something as well on the coaching side and it does feel observing from a slight detachment that there is a bit of a freshness to it uh, and, and Lord knows it needed it after the way it sort of unravelled last season. But, um, you know, the acid test, as always, is Hull City, October the 5th, uh, August the 5th. I'm thinking of, I've had Boar's our science in my head. Yeah, probably see him on October the 5th, but uh, August the 5th and thereafter. Um, and as we all know, there's been pre-seasons where Norwich have won, 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 won. And I think even the infamous Colchester League One opening day nightmare, that preceded quite a very positive results-wise. Yeah, so, and you can probably find the opposite trend. So let's not too carried away with results per se, but but if you dig down underneath the result, yeah, I don't think it's getting carried away to say that felt like a step in the right direction. Yes, it, it did. Um, Adam, are you getting the sense that Norwich are going to be a team that plays a lot more without the ball next season? I think there's there's been, clearly, from the way Daniel Farker played football, there's a massive emphasis on possession and, and having a high percentage of, of it and of the ball and um, passing teams to death almost and David Vargas it doesn't quite feel like it's it's going to be that way is that kind of what you're you're getting from this pre-season so far? Yeah I think I'd agree with that assessment yeah certainly 
Early signs would suggest that. I mean, you could sort of see, well, certainly from where I was stood, that the Darmstadt defence were very comfortable with the ball last night. They wanted to to have the ball, and Norwich's you know, front, well, front players, the likes of Rowe and Hernandez and Nunes, were all pressing incredibly high and actually causing the Darmstadt defence a, a lot of pressure. And maybe they crumbled a little bit at certain points under that. So um, certainly seeing some positive signs in that respect. And... Yeah, I mean, whether Norwich fans will want to watch that brand of football is a different story altogether. I think a lot of us come quite acclimatised almost to Daniel's style of football, this kind of high-tempo, high-possession football. And it was so exciting to watch in the Championship. But, you know, fundamentally, Norwich need to get out of the league and get back to the Premier League. And if David Wagner's style of football is going to bring them success, then I think we're all going to be on board with it. And obviously it worked at Huddersfield and he kept them in the Premier League playing that style. So... Yeah, fingers crossed he can you know, bring that to Carrow Road and, and Norwich will be back in the Premier League playing that style of football. I spoke to Crystal Zimmerman after the game and he, uh, he was very good and you can listen to that, that full chat on, uh, across our channels, both uh, in, in print and online and, uh, and on YouTube, I think as well, you can, you can find it. Um, but he spoke about the organisation that Norwich had against the ball, which you kind of alluded to there, that, that partnership of, of Duffy and Gibson showed some promise. I, I think I probably still want to see it put under strain a little bit more and maybe some pacing behind I think what you said about Darmstadt is, is absolutely right in terms of how they built up they played a back three and were quite stodgy I thought they pressed quite well at points but beyond that I thought they looked a, a little bit what they were a little bit rusty um, and again what I said earlier Kenny McLean speaking about the fact they've done a lot of work on the out of possession shape I think we saw that that improvement didn't we last night well, we did in that game, yeah, absolutely. Um, less so Barnet um, and Kingsland, you couldn't really assess that because they were so dominant uh, in terms of possession. Um, so I'm hoping that facet, we see a bit more Kaiserslautern and Alkmaar, you'd, you'd expect they'd be under pressure in that game, given that's a, a team who got to the last four of a European competition last season. And then Olympiakos, very, very good Greek side, serial competitors in European club competition. So I think by the time we get to that and the final Carrow Road friendly, then we can probably talk in terms of, yeah, OK, um, you would feel confident in going into the championship and that when they come under pressure, they are far more robust in terms of their structure, in terms of individuals knowing what their roles are um, and that resilience. And then if they come through those periods in games, I think you can start to see they have players who can hurt the opposition at championship level and, and hopefully they'll be able to supplement that further as well. So. Yeah, they were too easy to play against last season. I mean, the, the, what, how many defeats? I think it was a ridiculous number. It was about 18, wasn't it, in the Championship? That stat alone tells you that um, out of possession, they simply weren't good enough, whether it was an individual thing, collective, whether the coaching systems that were put in place spanning two different head coaches wasn't good enough uh, because 18, 17, 18 league defeats gets you nowhere other than where they finished mid-table cannon fodder. So, um, yeah, you... you you clearly have to build from a solid base and you bring Duffy in, you bring Stacey in, probably one or two more maybe in defensive positions subject to what else happens in that unit. Um, and then you get the right structure midfield-wise as well defensively then. I think I think you can build something out from that. But but if you if you don't have that, as was proven last season in the Championship, it's very unforgiving league. doesn't matter whether you're playing a team going for a promotion or a team scrapping for survival, you will get found out, unfortunately, as they did too often last season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one player I think we've seen, and you know, certainly from my perspective, if you were to, to pick someone who's been perhaps the man of pre-season so far, I think Jake, Jack Stacey would be up there, if, if not the, the winner of that. David Wagner, I know you asked him about it last night, Paddy singled him out for, 
for praise. How impressed have you been with, with him? Because he's, he's got big shoes to step into. Max Ahrens hasn't even left yet. And uh, even, though, even though we're probably expecting them to be big shoes for him to fill, I think those early impressions that he's made have been really positive, particularly from an attacking sense. And I guess that was shown with his contribution leading up to the goal last night. Yeah, I think that's probably the thing that stands out to me straight away. Is his ability to cross a ball into the box is probably one of the best I've seen from any fullback at, at Norwich to date. I mean, that's probably been a criticism of the likes of Max Ahrens and Jamal Lewis of old, those kind of attacking fullbacks is maybe when it got to that kind of byline where you need a good ball across to you know the likes of Pukki to be found maybe they couldn't really provide that where I think we've already seen it you know the amount of mayhem he's causing in the box and certainly when you've got the likes of Barnes and Sargent who have got ability with their head and also probably with their feet as well if you've got Jack Stacey whipping balls in yeah you know that that could be a really fruitful sort of connection for for those players to build so yeah certainly from an attacking perspective really really impressive him and I like him he oh, we spoke to him obviously after the Barnet game and everything he was saying was you know I thought absolutely spot on he, he strikes me as a man who's hungry to sort of prove himself again get back to the Premier League and you know stepping down to the championship again you know that's his opportunity and and Max Aaron's is, you know it's big shoes to fill I think probably towards the end this maybe stagnated a little bit and we've maybe not seen the best of Max Aaron's like we saw you know back in the days of the championship title winning seasons but you know this is a, a big opportunity for him coming down here and I think most of the Bournemouth fans as well you know when you sort of hear them and see it on social media they all rave about him as well so that's always a, a good thing when you've got a player that's you know well liked by another team that they were prior at so uh, yeah really looking forward to see what he can provide in the championship and want to see him maybe tested a little bit more defensively in these upcoming friendlies which I'm sure he will against the likes of you know Al Kamara and Olympiacos who are probably going to have better wingers it's going to sort of maybe be a little bit more of an acid test for what he can do defensively but yeah certainly from from the outside you know uh, a free agent signing he looks like a, a really good bit of business by Norwich City and you know potentially one of the the best fullbacks in the championship next season yeah I mean the, the, the thing that surprised me about him Pad is his size I think uh, I think we've kind of thought about him a, f a few times just obviously seen him play a few times and before they come to Norwich I don't think they they ever truly register on, on your radar because of maybe the, the job we do um, but when I thought of Jack Stacey, I didn't necessarily think of someone who's as tall as he is, who's as big as he is, who's as powerful as he is, as athletic as he is. I mean, he's made, a, 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 as first impressions go, it's been a pretty good one. When you know, Let's not forget a lot of people have been talking about Bali Mumba and the impact that he had at Plymouth. I think it feels already like Jack Stacey's come in and, and probably surpassed where, where, where he is at the moment, even though, as you say, lots, to, lots of moulding to do with him. Bali Mumba, obviously younger, um, can play at left back as well. So, so there's various aspects to that to, to make it a, maybe a fair statement. But... Yeah, Jack Stacey, talk to me about, about him. Well, he is. He's a powerful runner um, and he's got that engine to get up and down. The one thing you would say is we haven't seen him really putting under stress defensively. I've seen one or two reports from his time at Bournemouth where maybe that isn't the strongest of the two suits and, and he will need to be good at that. David actually said, it just popped into my head, he talked about, well, talking in very effusive terms, he said he still needs to sort of... Um, sort of plug in with what they want in terms of front foot is, is what the label he put, front foot defending. That's what he wants from, from his back four or five. Um, so he's obviously got a little bit of work to do in terms of, you know, adapting to the demands he's going to be asked to, to take on board defensively. But um, what's not in doubt is his natural in, inclination, his natural instinct is to get really aggressively into that opposition penalty box off a width. Um, I mean, it's no coincidence now we've seen the Kingsling game, we've seen last night two goals, direct result of him offering for Sargent as it was last night Nunes and Tony Spring at the other day at Kings Lynn giving them options progressive getting beyond um, and that's just 
that's clearly a, an actual instinct. We've got an, hang on, we've got an offer here. Like we bought too much. What, what, what is it, first Cider. and foremost? Wine. Uh, apple wine. Apple wine. Apple wine. Well, I don't drink, but you boys, I mean... Well, yeah, that's a yes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be here yeah. for you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you very much. Very, very kind. Very kind. Yeah, Continue. well, that's that's definitely a first. We've never been offered. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. You know, never been offered alcohol. What a nice man. That's alcoholic, though, isn't it? So we don't, we're not drinking alcohol, obviously. On <laughs> well, this you've trip. just accepted. People have well, just seen and heard you accept I was it. mainly concerned we'd get into a 20-minute conversation and we're in the middle of a podcast record here. I mean, I've been very distracted because the wedding guests have turned up now and there's some food over there. Is, is some sort of cake. This lad here has got some cakes or some sort Ooh, of chocolate. That's, that's um, anyway, let's dive. What are we talking about? Back to Jack Stacey, that he is... He is, uh, he is the, potentially the man who's going to drive it forward on the right-hand side. Um, and there's no doubt for me, yeah, I mean, uh, post-Max Aaron's era, he's the go-to right now. Barley Mummer in David Wagner's eyes, it would seem, is still a bit of a work in progress, and, and he won't be starting ahead of Jack Stacey, fitness and injury permitting, uh, between now and Hull. So, um, yeah, but it's important, to be fair, though, what the play, what the what the shape looks, and who the personnel are ahead of him, because it's all about getting those relationships. We're seeing it with Duffy and, and Gibson. Maybe we're seeing it with Barnes and Sargent at Kings Lynn. You know, Nunes dropped in there as well. Um, partnership that centre mid one is, is massively important. It was McLean and Gibbs last night. It'll be for me McLean plus one. Maybe hopefully Gabby Zara if he can get himself fit for Hull. Um, but who plays ahead of Stacey? Because I think that obviously in terms of the, the defensive element of it, it's kind of working in tandem, isn't it? So. There's a lot of variables yet uh, to play out, but for me, already, I think one thing you can say for certain is Jack Stacey will be starting against Hall. Yeah, you mentioned partnerships. Is only right we, we mention our own, not our own, but uh, our own, uh, with uh, Cabell Healthcare, who have, who have... Who, how much have we got in there? Or how much have you got in there? basically cider. It smells like cider. Right, OK. Well, okay. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have a short interlude while we uh, while you watch a video from uh, our partners at Cabell Healthcare who have... Uh, helped us get out here and have been wonderful. They do some brilliant work in East Anglia, caring for people. If you want a job in care or you're looking for the care of a loved one, then you uh, you can check them out, all of the relevant details. We'll be below w this, whether you're listening in audio form or watching on video, um, in the description, so go and check them out. Um, and uh, we will be back in a second once you've watched slash listened to this advert from those guys. Over the last few years, we've all been acutely aware of the importance of not just our health, but the health of those around us, particularly the most vulnerable of those in our family and our wider society. And that is why here at The Pink, and we're absolutely delighted to be partnering with the wonderful Cabell Healthcare, one of the region's leading and award-winning healthcare companies and providers uh, for the entirety of Norwich City's pre-season tour and our, obviously our coverage of it. We couldn't be happier to support a local company that provides and does such good work in terms of helping people and is recognised by both its staff and those people that it provides for as a industry leader in the local area. They really are the place to go for care. For them, it's not just a job but a career. They truly do put your loved one at the centre of their approach to care whilst keeping you up to date and in the room with any conversations around the ongoing support that they provide. They're also a wonderful company if you're looking for a career in healthcare. For more details on this, visit their website www.cavillhealthcare.co.uk or visit their various social media platforms. Cavill Healthcare, heritage in caring. 
I was going to say we better try it really, better than we. So Paddy's going to pour this, which um, is this the, is this on? yeah, 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 we're on. So Adam's Adam's going to. That is a lovely jug from uh, from the guys at Henninger who have done it. I mean, thank you to the very lovely guys who've donated it. I don't actually drink, but I'll let, I'll let Adam taste it. Uh, here we go, live taste test. We never had this on the pod. Mm, it's a little bit like Aspels, this, that's probably how I'd, I'd go with right, it. It's, uh, I, might it's have, nice. I might have to join you if it's a bit like Aspels. That's what? product placement there. If we could get a consignment. Are they Norfolk based? Suffolk, technically right. Suffolk, but uh, if they could get a consignment to my house, then that would be much appreciated. <laughs> there we go. I don't think we've ever had a live donation. I, to be fair, I could kind of see him eyeing us up for a little while, and I thought he was going to come over and say, you know, your camera's not on, or something, ah, something yeah, along yeah. those lines. <laughs> that <laughs> that's, that's, that's not the way it found out. He's offering us. Uh, Offering us this, so Paddy, you're gonna you're gonna have a sample now. Well, I was just using it for ornamental decoration. No, go, go on, you've got you've got have a sample now. Oh, it's all work. To the bride it's all and work. Groom. We to do, the you're doing to, it on camera. A, to the bride and groom. To the bride and groom. Yeah, yeah. We're about ten feet away absolutely. Here we go. He's taking his sip now. It's a very interesting colour. Would be my. Oh, that's strong. That is. Yeah. That, uh, no, I think you've, you've, you're doing down aspals there, mate. That's a much nicer drop aspals. Don't forget their consignment to my house. That's quite strong. That yeah. I don't think I'll be on <laughs> yeah, you're on a stool. You're going to be off that if you get <laughs> three hours. How much more have you got left in it? Not much. Um, oh, but that, two, two glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last podcast of the tour. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Well, we did ask for some of your guys' questions. Thank you very much for for sending them in. We've got some uh, across Facebook and Twitter, and then we will inevitably move on to food. I'm afraid because that that kind of feels like the the place well, that is where pertinent we end up. Because well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hold your horses, hold your horses. Uh, we've got a question from uh, Clem Fandango on Twitter. Excellent name. Uh, I'm trying to read it because it's, it's 26 degrees and the sun is shining directly on us. Uh, you've just covered it there. Uh, he, ha They have said, surely not signing uh, one, let alone two defensive midfielders, is boarding on a negligent. negligent well, I haven't even had any of that stuff. Uh, we're crying out for some physicality in the middle so badly that if it isn't addressed, then we're doomed to make the same mistakes as last season, don't you think? I mean, this is an interesting debate because we kind of spoke, this, uh, spoke about this a little bit last night, but the way that David Wagner wants his kind of midfield two to play, he wants them to be quite energetic, quite athletic, to take risks, to go and press teams, to leave gaps almost. And if you have someone who is just kind of sitting there, maybe doesn't do necessarily or function, his midf means his midfield won't necessarily function in the way that he wants it to. And we saw that probably with McLean and Sarah last season. It didn't quite work as well when McLean and or Sarah weren't in it. And there was Sorensen and, uh, and, and Gibbs and other people. What do you make of the defensive midfield thing? Because I think a lot of Norwich fans are clamouring for a defensive midfielder. It doesn't necessarily feel like it's it's one that they're... Not necessarily one that they're not after, but it doesn't necessarily feel it's as top of their priority list in maybe the same way a winger is. It's definitely not a priority. Absolutely not, no. Um, I've heard nothing um, sort of from an internal sort of standpoint that would suggest that a DM is is on, on the high up the radar for, for the summer. Um and you, you've cut to the heart of it that I don't think Wagner necessarily, if we use, as I always tend to do with this debate, we, we have it quite often on the Q&As as well. For me, it's a, we're talking DM, we're talking an Ollie Skip, not not Ollie Skip, but an Ollie Skip template. And that isn't, I don't think, a David Wagner style player because it doesn't fit within the overall of what he... And he touched on it yesterday with Hernandez last night after the game, who started the first two of these friendlies, or sorry, played the first two of these friendlies in a more of a six technically in that holding midfield area last night he's more of a 10 gets his goal as well and and David after the game when I asked him about Nunes again and that kind of positional switch that it isn't really about the positional from an attacking point of view they know that his natural instincts will be to get further forward it's just basically reminding him about some of that defensive discipline in other words 
to me, it's like the players you want in those areas of the pitches aren't necessarily restricted to don't go across the halfway line, sit in front of your back four, protect it, sort of uh, put fires out at source, which is probably where, when we've looked at how effective Ollie Skip was in that role in that last championship title winning season um, and the problems they had last season because they were so open, as you say. But, but is that possibly because Wagner's coming halfway through? didn't really have the players to play the type of style he wanted and it's maybe now we're in this evolutionary phase where he's got obviously a pre-season he's, he's got an ability both to bring players in but also work with the existing players to really leave them in no doubt you're a midfielder in my side this is what I want from you um, and the reality is they haven't I'm trying to think the first three games they haven't really been exposed in that area like they were routinely in the championship last season so until we see a team really try and attack them through those channels we're not going to know whether we have actually turned a corner, but inevitably there will be a concern because you know the propensity. And we saw it again last night. Is McLean to drop deeper, make an extra body in the middle of the centre of defence? But then if you lose the ball in a dangerous area like they did against Sunderland, remember the Sunderland game? Carrow, Tony Mowbray's team came post Millwall. It was in fact so pretty re pretty towards the end of the season. Lost one nil, and that was a direct result of losing the ball in their own half. Quickly turned over. Tony Mowbray, I remember him now saying after the game, "You knew with that Norwich team, one or two passes. If you turn over in those areas, you're in on goal." And that's how it panned out. And we saw that too often against this Norwich side, that vulnerability. And it's so it's natural for me that the debate is there, and that you solve that by having an Ollie skipped style player. But I think the reality is. David Wagner isn't going to go down that route and I don't think as a result they will be looking for, for DMs in, in the Ollie Skip mould. I think it, it's going to be a, a different approach for him in that area of the pitch and he hopes he can counteract those vulnerabilities by putting different demands on those players and trying to play in a different style. But, you know, time will tell, as always. Yeah, I think it's, it's a really interesting debate because I think when people talk about that defensive midfielder, you then have to apply that to David Wagner's system when there's a lot of... There's a willingness to go and press people. It's not so much about tackling and giving it to other people. It's more about winning it higher up the pitch. Yeah. You have to be athletic. You have to be able to intercept. You have to be able to press people high. It doesn't necessarily feel to me like a, if you dropped a, let's, let's say an Alex Tetty, Isaac Hayden type into that, feels quite contradictory really. You're then not going with two pressing high. You're going with one pressing high. And, and that, the whole structure of the wider pressing system kind of falls apart really doesn't it so, so it does, does does feel a little bit like to, to contrast that and maybe it explains why Norwich City have quite a few similar options um, within that. Adam the, the next question on Twitter came from Peaky uh, and he has said Wagner and other members of the club have revered several times to not needing to sell before Norwich can spend on incomings from an outside perspective it's rather quiet on incomings currently and even on the rumour front which has been the last week or so. Um, do you think we'll see any before the next two friendlies, which obviously Kaiser Schlatten on Saturday and Alkmaar, what, next when Wednesday? Yeah, I could maybe see one early next week. I mean, Wagner, well, Paddy put the question to him last night about sort of incomings and he was quick to batter down this sort of idea that they need to sell before they can bring more in, which I think probably, given where they are and, and where the market's at now, probably the sort of stage of free agents is probably over. They're probably now going to be dipping into the, the loan markets or potentially bringing some through the door that have a, you know, a fee attached to their head. So, yeah, I could maybe see one. Um, but whether that'll be early next week, obviously got the kit launch as well tomorrow as it is by the day we're filming. So, uh, yeah, I think probably get that out the door, get the Kaiser Slatton game out and, and maybe then, you know, 
back in back in Norwich, we'll we'll see someone announced early next week. But that's not that's just a gut instinct. That's not any uh, intel knowledge on on Norwich's current transfer situation. But yeah, if you want to sort of hear about that, then I definitely watch David Wagner's uh, little interview that we done with him last night. He's going to sort of, he sort of outlined a little bit more about the situation and where they are currently in terms of transfers. Yeah, it's a, it's a slow market at the moment. I think um, David Wagner alluded to that. I've heard other people in the Championship sporting director positions. I think Mark Ashton at Ipswich has mentioned it as well. It is a slow moving market and uh, what was the expression David Wagner used? One stone needs to fall and then a few others fall. I think that's a German expression. Probably worded a bit better. Basically replace stones with dominoes and you're probably right, okay. the same vibe. Yeah. Okay. Right, we'll move over to Facebook then. A couple more questions uh, from, first and foremost from Tom. This probably links quite nicely with what we've spoken about. Tom Carlton on Facebook. Um, thanks for the question. He said, how many more players uh, do you feel Norwich will bring in this window and in what positions, Mr. Abbott? Uh, you can't put a number on it because um, it, it's completely dependent on outs, isn't it? You know, um, you, hypothetically, Ahmed Bamadeli goes, do you do a centre-back, maybe another centre-back? Um, Max, do you go, go back in or are you happy with that? Um, I think, positionally, they'll, do a, they'll have to do, they were going to do another winger, I think, even with science in the building. The fact that he's now out until October, it's a delicate one because... It's not hugely into the season, but sufficiently maybe to feel in the block of games he's missing, you might need one. So do they cover that off with a loan, you know, a six-month loan till, till January, and then science will be up to speed, hopefully, allied to um, actually bringing in a winger. I could see two wide players now coming in, and I think they'll try and do a centre-back as it stands, and maybe they might have to do another one in that area if Omabama Daly goes. I just think you've got to take Hanley out of the equation, certainly until the early part of 24, maybe even longer. We know Gibson's injury record isn't the best on my Bama Daily himself over the last 18 months has talked openly about the issues he's had the muscular issues um, even this past summer he's had to go and do an individual fitness program tailored to try and strengthen in the groins can you go with those two in, and Duffy really into the rigours of a championship season I, I don't think you can so I, I, I don't think I don't think we can really sit here and say they will do X in terms of a number because it's such a fluid situation but positionally they're definitely looking to do some in wide areas and, and centre of defence. And then over and above that, I, I think it will just prove reactive to potentially who could who could leave leave the club. So, no, I don't I don't see it now that we're barely halfway through. I think we've probably tipped over. I know there was a lot made of Stuart Webber's comments in those round of postseason interviews about 80% of the business will be done by this week and other he likes his percentages, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but uh, but how can you do it? Because science now, who would have foreseen that? They bring in a player and then he gets injured. So, or five to seven was another spread of potential head count I could see. But for me, it's it's more looking at where they are at the minute. And David again reiterated yesterday he feels they have a very competitive squad. They've got depth in a lot of areas. So, are they really going to go out and bring in another five or seven? No, no chance. So, for me, you're probably looking at two of two of two areas definitely of the squad, and then the rest will be dependent on what happens between now and the end of the window. Yeah, I agree. And, and not only do they want to, can they, with the, the, the financial predicament that they're in, well, even, he, even know, though David Wagner said yeah, maybe they didn't need to do that. Yeah. And I don't think that's strictly true because, and I mean that as in he's he's right, because you can, and we've seen it, we've seen Norwich do it before, you can buy players in advance of selling them. It's riskier to do it that way, but we've seen clubs do it because then, you know, you're not going to clubs and they know that you've just sold a player for £10 million. So it makes the, the position, but obviously then it puts more pressure on, on selling players as well. So they 
there's there's that aspect. It's obviously very fluid, very moving, and uh, yeah, seems to be very quiet at the moment. But any updates we'll bring you as and when. Uh, the last question from Facebook. We did have another one from Kelly, but that was on the defensive midfield one. So hopefully you, you feel like we've we've answered that one, Kelly. Uh, is from Carl Knight, who has asked, uh, what do you guys think about Adam Eder's potential role in this Norwich team? Do you think, like me, he should be not me, as in Carl? Do you think, like Carl, he should be loaned out uh, this season to a top-end League One club? Uh, I believe he could. He should just to give him a season where he could rack up some goals and confidence uh, would like to see another striker come in if uh, he does go what, what do you make of Carl's point there around Adam Eder it's, it's kind of the age old discussion isn't it should he go on out on loan should he stick around can Norwich afford to let him out on loan what's best served for his development he's, he's an interesting one isn't he yeah I think a lot would depend on what the, where the club maybe see in the, sort of the transfer situation in terms of the forward line I mean it, to me it feels like Barnes and Sargent are striking up a really nice partnership at the moment which would maybe leave Eder slightly on the outside but you know one injury to Sargent or one injury to Barnes and you're going to need another man to step in so that would obviously offer the opportunity for Adam Eder. I feel like the ship's probably sailed on a lone move for him it probably needed to be in that spell where he got that hat trick against Preston and I think obviously there was you know, rumours of loan spells at that point and I think had he got the loan then maybe some football would have kicked his career on a little bit where due to injuries it probably still feels like he's at the start of his career despite the fact you know he's what got over 50 appearances now for Norwich albeit a lot of them are off the bench but Ultimately, you know, he did play a lot of games under David Wagner towards the end of last season, and he's clearly a player that you know the football club and Wagner rate by the fact they gave him a, a massive contract extension. So um, I think he'll be at the football club uh, in what capacity, whether that's uh, you know in the starting eleven or on the bench every week. I'm not 100% certain at the moment. I think pre-season will probably dictate what way David Wagner goes. But yeah, I think he'll be at the football club. I don't feel like a loan is really at this point going to make much difference to him. I think it's on you know for Norwich City, they want to get the benefits out of him where he is in terms of his career now and his age they probably need him in the squad and he needs to kick on and we'll see um, I'm really hoping that he does kick on because he deserves it you know he's a really down-to-earth lad and you know he's obviously been at the football club for a long time now come through the academy and we all want you know young Norwich academy players to do well so fingers crossed for him this will be his season and he can score some goals in the championship yeah I just feel like something needs to click doesn't it and, and I guess that's probably down to him to make it click because we've been speaking for so long could it be his year or it could be his year there are people internally who felt that it would be his year now it probably needs to be his year really for where he is um, and his age and the amount of football that he's played. He's not played a lot for, what is he, 21, 22, compared to, let's say, let's pick Matt Aarons, who maybe is an exceptional example, but there are others as well. Josh Sargent uh, played a lot more football than him at, at his age. He's kind of playing the amount of minutes that you'd expect a 19-year-old to have at this moment. He's a few years ahead of that, so he needs to kind of catch up and, and maybe make that. And that's where the point that you make, maybe the loan earlier would have been better, but then... Again, from Norwich's perspective, very hard to find a striker to play second fiddle to Temu Puki, who scored his, uh, who scored his first goal in the MLS um, last night as, uh, as we record this. So that was good to see him get off the mark, a trademark goal as well, if, uh, for, for anyone who maybe wants to go over it and I don't, I don't know, have a cry or whatever you, you want to do over it. It's up to you. Um, but, but on strikers, Ashley Barnes uh, would be remiss of us not to talk about the incident. Uh, handbags, as Kenny McLean <laughs> described it to me. Yeah. Um, I've probably seen, he's probably seen worse on Govan on a Friday night. That's, uh, that's true. Um, creating a ruckus in a, in a pre-season friendly. I mean, for much as we can kind of jest about it, it it's the type of thing that maybe Norwich were criticised of not having last season. That, that maybe that, um, that bit of backbone, that bit of confrontation, that willingness to go and approach people and stand up and be strong. And, you know, we've spoken about the mentality points and leadership points to death kind of I guess shows the intangible elements that he could bring to this Norwich City side and maybe why he was identified as someone that Norwich City wanted to bring in this summer. Yeah it's about 
when teams, as they will do, try and probe for weaknesses, you stand up to it, you know, and you push. And standing up for teammates as well. And push back, yeah, exactly. And, and vis visibly, that him doing that, what message that sent to the rest of the teammates as well, that this is a guy who we can fall in behind. He might not have the captain's armband in that sense, but he's a leader. Um, and you know he'll be front and centre if there is anything of that nature that, you know, needs, if there's a confrontation. And it's worth, you know, ca ca caveating that, you know, it's not losing your head and, and letting your teammates down or whatever. He was simply standing up for, it was quite a stiff challenge from, from the Darmstadt defender, Thomas Isherwood. Um, Zolif, Jollis left on a heap. I'd imagine we were obviously quite distant from the incident itself, but you, you could see by the body language, it was almost Barnes going, you know, what is that all about? We're in a pre-season game here. Do we need... He did have two by the scuff of their neck. Well, no, so. that came afterwards. No, to, to be factually, you know, in terms of the events, how they unfolded, the sequence, it, I think the initially it was just as Jollis is lying like prone on the turf five yards away, he's just gone up to him. And I think to that lad's downfall, he, I think he clearly wasn't ex uh, accepting he was in the wrong and tried to have it out with Barnes and then it has all gone off and uh, there's a frame where uh, he's basically got Barnes at his two Darmstadt players by, by the shirt. So... Um, while other teammates from both sides flock in. I think by the end, you had the, the, the telltale sign for me with them melees, as they like to call them, is when the two keepers get involved. You know, if it's got to the point where two keepers have travelled from their opposite penalty And, and the linesmen are on the pitch. Yeah. You so, see those ones as well. So, I mean, it, as, as it panned out, it was all pretty easily diffused and there was, I don't think it was even any bookings other than the one to Isherwood. So, you know, context is required. But you're right, you distill it down and... They probably wouldn't have reacted in that way, you know, before last season. Um, if if a similar incident had happened, you know, and what does that say? That says likes of Barnes and likes of Doffy. Um, you know, you could even throw in McLean, I'm sure, and Gibson as well. But they they will front up if they need to. And the the, the reality is, there we go. As as the wedding guests emerge from the town hall, that's what the bang was. We've, nobody, somebody's not going wild with a gun. Where just to clarify there, but. Uh, I'm just waiting for them to come down now. We've got the, all the guests are lined up for the confetti shop. So uh, congratulations to them. But yeah, so ultimately, you know, if Norwich were deemed as a soft touch last season in the championship, that won't happen this time around. Whether that, whether that by its own is good enough to get them upwardly mobile, it's not clearly, but it certainly helps. And it's one of the ingredients you need to have if you're going to go to lots of difficult outposts and uh, be put under the pump and have the home crowd on top of you and, you know, feeling that your backs are against the wall then for me I'd like to see Ashley Barnes in a Norwich shirt when they find those situations as they will yeah and I think it would be the case for a lot of teammates you'd want Ashley Barnes in the trenches with you right yeah 100% I mean to me he's almost like a Grant Holt figure although you know slightly different stages in terms of where they were when they arrived at the football club but just the ability to get stuck in and actually one of the people we were speaking to last night a Norwich fan he was kind of saying you know that last season maybe the Burnley away is where it's a really gritty Tuesday night fixture and Norwich just need that little bit of bite maybe to, to grind out a result they didn't really have a player that could do that you know with, with no disrespect to Timu Puki or Josh Sargent they're just not that kind of player so I think in the championship you need those kind of you know that sort of character and that ability just to grind out results and to me Ashley Barnes is, is probably why Burnley was so successful you know he's so highly rated by Vincent Company, who you know was outstanding in terms of his management last season, and to be playing in a side that was arguably one of the best to ever grace the Championship, you know Norwich have picked him up on a free. I mean, it's there's no risk really attached to it, so it, it could really pay them you know big rewards if he can get stuck in. And you know, the, to me, he almost already feels like you know he's a character in the dressing room that the players are really enjoying being with. You know, him and Josh Sargent. There's lots of good stills between them. You know, sort of, bit, well, I suppose, sort of, you know 
having a conversation with each other and enjoying each other's company. So excited to see what those two could provide with each other because maybe it feels like Sargent's needed that kind of big man to, to work with um, ever since he's arrived at the football club, really. Yeah, and I guess that's how he links to the debate we just had about Adam Eder because if you get a player like Ashley Barnes and some of that can rub off on him, it can improve his game. He's someone who's, who's quite reserved, isn't he? On an, I think off the pitch, but on the pitch as well in terms of how he plays, maybe not willing to have that confrontation. If Ashley Barnes can get even an ounce of that into Eder and Sargent's game, then I think Norwich City will be on to a winner. Pad, we're off to, to Kaiser Schlauten on, on Saturday. Like I say, the, the events here are slightly different, so we're recording this on Thursday lunchtime, as we said. Uh, Friday morning will be Norwich City's home kit release. Uh, it will be yellow and green. Uh, which will come to a shock as ever, to everybody. Um, I've heard mixed reviews, so I've not seen it, but I've heard mixed reviews, so we'll see what it looks like. Uh, looking forward to that. And then they'll host an open training session, which we'll be going to uh, at, in Darmstadt again, actually, just on the, the back pitches around the stadium where they've been training. And then they will then travel to Kaiserslautern, uh, do a training session there ahead of the game on Saturday, where we will be at. So in terms of test pads, slightly different because um, Kaiserslautern play in the, in the second tier in, in, in Germany, but magnificent stadium by all accounts, near 50,000. That's going to be another really Really good test for this no city side isn't it yeah forgive me where did they finish in bundesliga two boys uh, ninth i think yeah okay but, but as you say i mean in terms of support and heavy fan culture here in germany and memberships i think they're they're up there in terms of the scale so it's a big club traditionally a big club in germany and uh david wagner said he, he basically knows the sporting director there very well that's why this game has come about he clearly feels it'll be a competitive test. I think it's interesting that they've gone Darmstadt, then Kaiserslautern. It might have simply been the logistics of that, but if if you're looking at it in terms of a, uh, a challenge on the pitch and a, an, in, an incline, then presumably maybe Bundesliga 2, I, don't, I haven't checked, but Bundesliga 2 maybe starts a little earlier than Bundesliga, so they will be further advanced in their fitness. they Minnesota, I think. So, uh, That's right, they went over. Was there, yeah, they went over. Yeah. I saw that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bit of a strange one for... Kaiserslautern to go over to Minnesota. I don't know what the connection was there, but so yeah, they will be further advanced. So physically, competitively, that should be right up there again. Um, and it'll be interesting if if Norwich can from from a very solid base now yesterday in Darmstadt, they can take it on again. Um, because if they do, then and we see a little bit more from all the principles we've talked about, and maybe a bit more added to the mix, then I think they get back on the plane Saturday night back to Norwich, and uh, they'll be very pleased with their week's work. I think. Yeah, we, we're here till till Sunday evening, isn't it, our flight? So um, plenty more content. We'll obviously be at Kaiserslautern as well. Um, Adam, what's, what's been your, your highlight of Germany so far? I guess we're going to steer down the cuisine route, aren't we? So, so give us, what's, what's the favourite food that you've, you've had so, so far here? Uh, favourite food? Uh, I really enjoyed, actually, the, the restaurant there just is. there with the yellow... Uh, yeah, sort of the light yellow, yellow umbrellas, tent. if you can yeah. see that. Um, we had a, a nice meal in there the other night. Uh, I had a... Pork steaks, they were kind of in like a peppercorn-based sauce. Um, so, so, no, no, there's some, uh, there's some nice potatoes on the side as well. I actually couldn't delve down the salad route because we had a well, relatively sized lunch as well. So uh, did avoid that. Not this impression that he's, Adam's conveying to the audience that uh, we're basically here on the jolly. We've got to eat. I, you know, we're doing a lot of work. We have to eat at various intervals and we just happen to go to some nice eating places. He doth protest too much. Yeah, no. So I think I think the food's a highlight. This actual square has probably been my favourite place so far that we we've seen. Um, I actually spotted it on Google. Uh, I was in the hotel room the other day, just kind of sort of looking on Google about sort of various areas around here and spotted it. And 
saw there were some sort of food outlets. So I thought it might be worth a stroll down there. And obviously there were some Norwich fans as well in the yeah. in the same restaurant we were in. So that's obviously popular amongst the fans as well. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, this square actually slightly reminds me of anyone who's been to Prague. The sort of ta old town in, in Prague is very similar to this. So uh, it's right up my street. I love kind of the old school European cities and this probably ticks that box um, despite the fact there's a lot of modern buildings as well I mean if you go kind of probably you know a 15 minute walk that way you've got all the skyscrapers from sort of the financial giants of the world I suppose in terms of well certainly in Germany um, so yeah I like the kind of blend of sort of new town old town yeah it's, it's been a really good experience and I'm enjoying it so far and of course Norwich getting a win last night albeit only in a friendly is uh, just a nice little cherry on the cake. Yeah, and uh, he mentioned the establishment we went to the other day, Paddy. Um, tell our lovely Don't you, you tell view. the audience, because you, you, as we know, following on from the one we did the last podcast, it was all about you consuming German sausages. And German boy, sausages have been consumed. And boy, did you take that brief onto the... Well, so, we, come so, on, we shared, tell, tell we shared it, come on. It wasn't, oh, we it did, wasn't we did, yeah. No, we, yeah this I, was meant to be one portion, by the way. How on earth that was one portion, yeah, I do it? not know. There was, six, a, was it six in total, six sausages on yeah. a plate? Yeah. With some nice uh, cabbage, wasn't it? What was yeah. that flavoured cabbage? And some nice potatoes as well. Nice potatoes, pommes frites, almost vibe. Yeah, no, that was. But one person could not consume all of that. I don't quite understand. He was a bit offended, actually. The uh, the uh, the guy like <laughs> we that. definitely offended. Yeah. Him. Well, it was that, but it was also he he basically tried to sell us the dish of the day, which was you know man versus food proportions. I think you know in terms of the quantity. So not only did we pass upon that one, we then said we just want one to share. <laughs> There you go. It was the. Are you sure this is for two people? Oh, one person. Sorry, it was, it was one portion. That that was yeah, that was yeah. the bit that I think when he looked most offended. Yeah, no, I mean that's probably about as authentic German as we've got. As anybody can see over your shoulder, we're in a very authentic German spot. But I mean, I had a very nice salmon pasta actually on the first yeah. afternoon, which is more that side towards the more modern part of Frankfurt. Um, so yeah, it's been good. But you know, we've you know we had to grab. A certain fast food outlet with a yellow arch on the go last night, so it's not all about sitting down and five courses of uh, German cuisine, is it? You know, as just a counterbalance and uh, dissuade anybody from thinking we're just here uh, on a Keith Floyd type vibe. You know, it's a bit more to it than that. But uh, but no, yeah, they they would be my favourite meals on this trip. But hopefully, might be one or two more to come. Where are we going for lunch? Adam's the man for the cuisine. Where are we going for lunch, Adam? Well, I was going to explore up that way. There looks like there's kind of some nice areas. So I'd imagine there's some nice bars. So we uh, might have a, a wander up that way and, and see what we can come across. I think that's probably the way we've done it so far. It's just a case of we've kind of well rocked up. Maybe Alan Russell won't like that term, but to kind of various areas. And, and we just sort of said, all right, let's try that place. And we've come across, well, some relative gems, I'd say, in Frankfurt. That um, if anyone comes here and they want to know some recommendations then maybe we are the experts now of Frankfurt and, and the food culture around here so uh, drop us some DMs on, on the Twitter feed on the Pinkin and uh, we'll tell you where we've been. Yeah there you go uh, right we're going to go and get some lunch and uh, get this podcast available to all of you guys thank you very much for watching for listening uh, thank you very much for all of the content that you've supported whilst we're out here in Germany we're here for a little while yet of course we'll be at the Kaiser Schlatten game on Saturday there's uh, interviews with Christoph Zimmerman Kenny McLean David Wagner uh, we'll be at the open training session tomorrow there'll be a gallery of pictures all of the stuff around the kit so it's going to be a busy few days um, Pinkin is the place to go across all channels if you yet to subscribe or sign up to the Pinkin Plus app please do that you can get a month's free trial now so that would take you through to the start of the season which would give you a nice portion to um to to analyze i guess what we do and whether you'd like to come on board and we're pretty confident that you would in that as well we're going to, to holland and austria um for the other legs of no city's pre-season after this thank you very much for watching for watching for listening 
we'll see you again very soon. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.